Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have a staff that can relate to different players in different ways, I think you have a much better chance of touching these guys and helping them in their careers and getting them where they need to be. If everyone spoke English and everyone, you know, came from the same place and, you know, everyone was very similar personality-wise with the same background, I think that staff is going to struggle. And I I think that, that diversity on the staff in a lot of different ways matters to me a lot. All right. The Twins an hour ago. Hello, gentlemen. Phil, good to see you. I forget forget to say that. Um, Very hurt when you don't say that. I know. I know. (laughs) Because you know me. I'm a sensitive guy. You are. It's a sensitive age. You are. Well, uh, we we, we expect to speak with Rocco Baldelli here in about an hour on the show, but we'll we'll keep you posted on that if time uh, changes. And you heard the introductory press conference. Let's go now here before we dive more into our thoughts on this move and what next for the Twins. Mark Topkin's been covering the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times going back to... Rocco Baldelli's playing days, and I, let's let's just start here with you, Mark. Thank you for joining the show. What 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 have you seen throughout your time covering Rocco, even back to when he was a young ball player? And he was one of the more promising players in the league until health issues. What have you seen in his personality, in his demeanor, the way that he operates, that you think could lead to success as a manager? Well, I think curiosity and. Um you know, interest, intellect. I mean, I think there's a bunch of things. It's hard to give you a, a one-word answer there. But, you know, he went from playing, and then he uh, worked in the front office, and he, he didn't really have a specific job, which was probably, in retrospect, great because he did some scouting. I mean, one day we had a conversation about, like, how do you accrue Marriott points? If he was out <laughs> scouting amateur players, and he knew that <laughs> scouts and sports writers are definitely the two experts on that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he watched some pro stuff. He did some work in spring training. I think he was, you know, in uniform or, you know, shorts and a T-shirt in spring training, you know, helping guys on the field. So he got a great exposure to an organization. You know, think of the the boss level, you know, the the IQ level uh, of, of that organization. And even at that point when you had Joe Madden there, too, and you had Andrew Friedman there, who obviously have both moved on to bigger and better things as well as some other people. But, yeah, there were a lot of really good baseball minds there. Jerry Hunsinger was there. And, you know, just guys that Rocco could soak stuff up from. And, and you know, and I, I know I repeat myself, and I'm sure these words have been said a bunch of times up there today, but he's a smart guy. He is open to different ideas. He is very you know, much into the analytics, but I think he also is an old-school baseball player. That's where he was when he was on the field. And, um, you know, just a tremendous athlete. He, he could have played college volleyball. Uh, he broke his leg playing basketball. I mean, he's a really good athlete and a guy who comes out of a place you know, up in the Northeast where 
really good athletes sometimes don't get the exposure because of the weather and stuff like that in the you know the outdoor sports. But yeah, he was a really good uh, player. Like you said, uh, medical issues cut his career short. But I, I just felt like he was always going to get in the game. Honestly, I, I think the only question, and I know I talked to some other uh, raised people, you know, just worker bee types about this recently. And, you know, the only question we had was, was he going to be a manager or was he going to be a GM? You know, when, when Joe Madden left after the 2014 season, and I did one of those lists like, you know, Lavelle had to do after uh, Molitor get let go, you know, you just, who's going to, who's a possibility? You're not really having time to even run these by people. Just pop these lists out. And Rocco's name, you know, popped up to me then. That was an obvious guy that they could have pursued then. I don't think he was ready then. Uh, there were some whispers last year that when the Yankees ended up hiring Boone, they were sniffing around on Rocco a little bit. I don't think he ever formally interviewed. And then this winter, obviously, every team that had an opening outside of the Orioles, who don't know what they're doing, interviewed him. I mean, you know, if anything, the Twins just feel like they won the Derby for Rocco Baldelli uh, with the interest level from the five teams. And I think you know Toronto and Texas were both still interested in him up until this decision was made in the last few days. Yeah. Hey, Mark, how, how much do you think his struggles initially as a player and then the uh, injuries as well have shaped him and have potentially set him up to be successful in this job in that in that he can identify with very good players, but I would take it from the course of his career, there would also be an empathy that he could have for guys who are struggling or not achieving what they should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you're trying to, if that's, you know, to set up to go against Molitor because he was the great player and the rap on those great players is always that they can't relate to the lesser players. So I'm not sure if that's where you're going, but I think Rocco is the kind of guy that, you know, independent of that in a vacuum, he, he is literally a kind, caring person. I mean, we had a story a couple of years ago. He took in a stray dog that he saw when he was driving home from a game at 1 o'clock in the morning. It was like a story for three days, and they finally found it. And I mean, he is the kind of guy that's going to relate to players good, bad, I heard a little bit of the clip from his press conference, you know, and, you know, everyone comes from different backgrounds, different nationalities, speaks different languages. But I think Rocco has just the compassion and the intellect and the savvy to realize he has to cross that spectrum. So, yes, he can re- he's going to relate to a guy who has health problems, no doubt. Yeah. He's going to relate to a guy whose career was projected to be on an incredible track and has struggled. And obviously the Twins have a couple of those guys. You can make some natural, you know, pairings there. But I think Rocco also, you know, has been good enough and understands how the superstars work. And is it don't diminish what he saw, you know, firsthand. He played for Lou Pinella, so I don't think you're going to see him go all Lou Pinella on people. But he played for Lou Pinella. He played for Joe Madden. He worked, I guess, for that front office, and he worked alongside Kevin Cash, who quickly has become one of the better managers in the American League. So he's gotten an incredible amount of you know, experience and exposure to all these different styles. And Rocco's a really smart guy. He's going to mesh all those together. So, I mean, I, I, I actually, and I'm not even sure why I could tell you why, but when the five, when I reported that he'd interviewed with all five teams, I was texting with a couple of the Rays radio guys, and we all kind of picked, and I thought the Twins. That to <laughs> yeah. me just seemed like the right match with their front office, what they were looking for, what Rocco would fit. And I think he's going to love the community, too. I mean, Rocco's not a guy, and, and I, I don't think he'll care that I say this, but he's not a guy who, is going to you know have his head buried in the stats and the plan and the lineup from the moment he wakes up till the moment he goes to sleep. He understands that there's other things in life too that you know players and and coaches all have interest in whether it's family, whether it's you know a, a political conversation, whether it's music, whether it's a television show. I mean, there's other things in life too. I think Rocco will have a good life balance with all that. And and Topper, but it's Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Times is with us here uh, talking Rocco Baldelli, Twins new manager who was introduced about an hour ago at Target Field. There's there's a pattern here in a pipeline. 
Rocco Baldelli from the Rays. Derek Shelton from the Rays to the Twins. Josh Kulk, uh, stolen in the night from, well, stolen in the night from a, from his blog by the Rays 10 years ago and then stolen by the <laughs> Twins. Uh, I, used, I used to read that Pitch FX blog all the time. I was very disappointed that it got torn down. Um, but what... What would you say, obviously, teams look at the Rays and the Dodgers grabbed Friedman, and teams look at the way that the Rays can pop up and win 90 games with somewhat of, of, a, you know, of frequency uh, on a shoestring budget. What are some of the, I know they're secretive, but what are some of the key ingredients that teams are so interested in behind the scenes with Tampa Bay? Yeah, and you, before I answer that, you you know Neil Allen was another guy yeah. who went there, and Sam Fold ended up playing there a little bit, right? Logan Morrison, Jake Odorizzi, um, there've been a couple other guys I could think of too. So yeah, there's there's definitely been some parallels there, and you know that front office that came to the Twins from Cleveland, right? So Derek Shelton obviously with a the connection there, and, and certainly I'm sure they talked to Kevin Cash as they you know figured out what they were going to do here with the manager, and they knew Cash from his time there. Um, so the question was, yeah, what what kind of what what are some of the ingredients? Oh, right, the race secret sauce. Yeah, exactly. I, that, um, I, I apologize. Literally, did not go to sleep after the game in Boston last night. <laughs> it's all good. Flown cross country and sitting in a hotel here in Pasadena, California. So, um, well, I think you know the one thing that's going to jump out to everybody, you know, below the luxury tax limit is you know the way the Rays get wins per dollars. You know how they maximize their roster, how they maximize their payroll. And I'm, I'm actually writing a story on Andrew Friedman for tomorrow about how even though he's with the Dodgers with a two hundred and you know eighty million dollar payroll, it's a lot of raised stuff. I mean, they've got you know Kike Hernandez and T- Chris Taylor. They've got two guys who play five positions, all that stuff. So I, I think you're going to see, you know, that's what the, they're trying to tap into. Now a lot of that stuff is known. A lot of you know the teams know. They all copycat each other, but. You know, the Rays had success this year. I mean, I don't know how committed the Twins might be to the opener system, but obviously Rocco's going to be very familiar with how that worked. And, you know, the shifting is pretty commonplace right now. But I, I think if you just boil it down generically, what it is with the Rays is how do they keep doing it? How do they always have so many good young players in their system? How do they always, uh, for the most part, feel a team that's competitive or at least has a chance to be competitive unless they get wiped out by injuries? And, you know, they always seem to be on the cutting edge. They're always thinking of the next thing. You don't see the Rays following other teams as much as the other teams following what the Rays are doing. Your friend Patrick asked a, a question to Rocco about the opener, and let's just say it wasn't too complimentary because he included the phrase, it's ruined baseball. I, I can just play it. Oh, I yeah, have play it for it. You'll like this topper. It's pretty good topper. Rocco, considering where you came from, I suppose you're a fan of the opener that is ruining baseball as we know it? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's get the answer. Did you write a column on that? <laughs> Hold on, the answer is great. That's just, well, that's just the only part of it. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, okay. I can go back. Anyway, great. More, Patrick is convinced it's ruined baseball, and he loves baseball. <laughs> yeah, Patrick was the guy who showed up in spring training and said to me, like, is Kevin Cash going to want to talk about this? And I said, well, you're like the fifth, you're like five days behind on this. And he went up to him, and he, he had to actually act like he was interested in what Cash had to say because he needed the quote. So even uh, Royce can swallow it sometimes and then realize you got to take the good with the bad on that. I mean, I don't know. You know. I know the Twins experimented with this year. I mean, Rocco, obviously, as you know, his role was more of a hybrid role, so not necessarily on the pitching side, but certainly familiar with how that worked. And one of the things we've talked about with Kevin Cash and you know, Bob Melvin, I guess, to a degree on this, um, and, and maybe you could argue a couple other managers at Milwaukee with Craig Council, if you're managing where you're not committing to a starting pitcher for four, five, six, seven innings, 
you're managing every inning of that game. I mean, you're in the first inning, you're thinking about what are you going to do, and if, especially if you're going to take your guy out and bring in a, a guy after one inning. And so that really changes the managing dynamic. And I think Rocco's job this year, he was kind of like unofficially the assistant bench coach in addition to the field coordinator and the outfield coach. And he would have got a really good sample of that from Charlie Montoya, who's a really good bench coach, and now he's the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays and a job Rocco was interviewed for. So figure that out. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to paraphrase his answer to uh, our guy Royce's question, it was something along the lines of uh, open mindedness is a key. Well, in any profession, and he looks at Patrick <laughs> with one eyebrow up. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, so we, Rocco's got a sense of humor. He's a little, you know, he's not going to be, uh, you know, he's not going to be out front like I'll just say, like Joe Madden was necessarily. He's not going to want to make these press conferences go on for fifteen and twenty minutes, but. He's going to give intellectual, well-thought-out, you know, deep, uh, logical answers to questions. I think he'll appreciate, you know, serious questions. I think he'll be fine with second-guessing. I think, you know, it's kind of that new wave of manager. Communication is key. They talk about it all the time. We're covering this World Series. Every day you hear Alex Cora talk to every player. Kevin Cash, when he got hired, he talked to every player in a different way. You have to realize you have different relationships with different players, and I think Rocco is going to be really good in that regard. Yep. Topper, this has been great. Thank you for the insight. All right, guys. Take, Take care. Good luck with Rocco. Mark Toppin <laughs> from the Tampa Bay Times, flying across the country, no sleep, and He's giving great. us great stuff. There, we would man. we would have him on a few times on the ride with Royce. He's toppers, toppers the best. He's yep. great. Let's uh let let's come back. And I know there's people getting in their cars from work and they probably missed the press conference. And so we've got we've got clips we can play from the press conference, but let's come back and just give more of our thoughts on this hiring and where the twins are going from here. And we may even hear from Rocco about it before the show is over. Mackie and Judd, Manny Hill, it's the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic. It's brought to you by Kitchen Window. Uh, everything around the metro moving rather smoothly. Uh, we do have a crash at 94 westbound uh, at Highway 252. Be on the lookout for that crash there. But uh, otherwise, everything else moving around rather smoothly. Don't miss the Knife Fest this weekend from 10 to 4 at Kitchen Window, Calhoun Square in Uptown. A free knife sharpening, free knife seminars, and 20 to 70% off all cutlery. Kitchen Windows Knife Fest at Calhoun Square this weekend. Details at kitchenwindow.com. Rocco, considering where you came from, I suppose you're a fan of the opener that is ruining baseball as we know it. Did you write a column on that? (laughs) Several. Um, So... I feel like open-mindedness and just curiosity are generally good traits, regardless of whatever industry that that you're in. <laughs> Silence. Zing. Well, the whole thing was oh, great. What man. a great exchange. We'll get, we'll get Pat on for a little expanded Roycey in like an hour. But oh, that was fantastic. That was amazing. <laughs> um, Ruined baseball. I thought I thought Rocco Baldelli came off really, really well in that press conference. Yeah. It's hard to botch your introductory press conference. But so he won the press conference. He did win the press which conference. Which is the most <laughs> yes. trite phrase of all time. He did win the press conference. I mean, how many guys have really lost a press conference in Minnesota? Tim Brewster won the damn press conference. Childress. Childress 2006. Lost it, yeah, right? he, he lost um, it big time. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he wasn't the most dynamic Culture personality. Of accountability. But um, I mean, Rocco Baldelli isn't the most dynamic personality. I mean, at least he wasn't today. It sounds like he has a little more fun behind the scenes. But what I loved about, and it validates what we talked about on yesterday's show and on the Touch 'Em All podcast this morning, that everyone wants to focus on analytics and the Rays are the sabermetric capital of Major League Baseball and the pitch FX and numbers and data and and pretty much everything you heard from Rocco Baldelli for thirty minutes was about communication and being a human and the human element and all those things. And I think baseball in its exploration path for the last 15 years down the analytics, uh, whatever the analytics driveway, they finally came back around and said, all right, well, yeah, we can't just throw numbers at players and expect them to retain the information. So you need someone who's really, really well-versed in both, numbers and trends and information and connecting with 25 different personalities, nationalities, types of people in a clubhouse. And at least in the press conference for 30 minutes, Rocco Baldelli came across like he checks both those boxes to me. I thought he came across as a human, which, which you want, because the problem is when you get a guy who gets up there and you're saying to yourself, this is not him, right? Mm-hmm. He came across to me as a guy who was very much in tune with who he is, which is imperative here. Because the old school manager slash head coach who takes a job and goes and says, I'm going to give the opening day speech and I'm going to kick some ass doesn't work now. Mm-hmm. Not in 2018, not with players now. And not in baseball. Well, right. It's a, baseball's a mental sport. Exactly. So, so I do, and I do think that he strikes me as a guy who can probably do a pretty good job of identifying with individual players. And that starts with Buxton probably. But that was that was was the impressive thing, and I also like the fact that he was a good player, but he also failed early on, and had had the health problems, which eventually brought an end to his career. So I think he's going to do a good job of being able to identify with a lot of different players on a lot of different planes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'm I I think the Twins. It's hard to say that they well they nailed the managerial hire because it's so hard. It's it's in advance. It's so hard to predict whether a manager is going to be good or not. But it feels like the right type of hire. It feels like they were they were going down the right path with this. And none of this is to say that Paul Molitor was a bad manager. Sometimes I think the things that we praise the new guy for tend to come across as rips on the old guy. I thought Paul Molitor did a really good job for three years. Obviously, there were some things that number one being he wasn't their guy. And that's fair enough. You, you might only get one shot as a president of baseball operations and a general manager, and you get the right to hire your guy. And here we are. And now expectations go up because they've got their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and I were talking about this during the break a little bit more. But I, if Paul Molitor, some of the things that are inherent to players and managers the age of Rocco Baldelli and younger weren't necessarily inherent. I mean, when I sit, and my dad's older than Paul Molitor, when I sit and talk to my dad about technology, it's, it's, you have to dumb things down at first. When you talk to me about it, forget your, forget your old man. But like, and I'm 48. Of course. But so I went to, I went to elementary school and I learned how to type when I was 10 and I learned how to use the internet when I was 11. And then I had a smartphone. I had a flip phone or a Nokia, whatever those little, those little pocket Nokia side, you know, those Nokia phones from the late nineties. But I, I I was immersed in technology as a kid 
And some of these baseball players have been immersed in analytics and TrackMan data and all these things. Well, Paul Molitor wasn't using TrackMan when he was... No, he didn't need it to hit 330. And no one's saying that Paul Molitor needed TrackMan. But to be able to have those things ingrained in you and sort of be part of your baseball DNA makes it easier for you to communicate with today's players. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And it, this game has changed so much too now, right? Because if if you look at Paul, Paul's playing days were spent with old crusty guys, you know, and they yeah. wrote the and they wrote the lineup card out and if the GM deigned to come down and and say, "Hey, I think you should do this." They were told to bleep off. So I really do I think if you look at sports right now, the four sports that we follow the closest, baseball has probably easily changed the most. You know, football, you could still be pretty crusty, right? It's mm-hmm. changed, but you could still be sort of the crusty coach. Are you including wrestling in those four sports? I am not. I'm sorry. Okay. Hockey hockey is has changed, but I, I feel like it drags its feet a little bit more, or skates in this case. Basketball has definitely changed a lot. But I think baseball's the one where you look at, at the amount of statistics now. And I really do think that... For a team like the Twins, it's imperative in their minds that they have somebody, and, and this comes back to, to the whole partnership thing, who thinks along the exact same lines as them because it's now a collaborative effort. It didn't used to be. Terry used to go get the groceries, right, and deliver them to Kelly or Gardy, and those guys would take the groceries and execute things from the dugout. Well, that's not how things work now. Derek and Thad are down there on a daily basis talking to players, talking to coaches, talking to everybody. And it's not Paul's fault, but Paul came up in an era where that didn't happen. And so I think Paul really tried hard to adjust. But there's a difference between trying to be a good soldier and adjusting and going into the job day one saying, I know exactly what you're doing and I can do exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it'll... Yeah. Oh, sorry. You have a thought, man? Well, no, I, I was just going to say I, I what stood out to me from the press conferences, you know, and, and Judd, I, we talked about it last hour, is just the 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 emphasis on connecting with the players and developing a relationship with the players. Because I think in today's world of not just baseball, but in sports in general, that is so vital for a manager slash coach slash general manager like Everybody's got to be able to. Everybody's coming from different worlds and different backgrounds and everything, but everybody's got to be able to connect and be on the same page. And when there's sort of that little bit of a difference, and that difference is getting in the way of the success or impeding the success, that's when you. I mean, that's something that you really got to fix. And I think the the focus on connecting with these players, getting to know these players. Finding a way to get the best out of these players is going to be so vital, and it sounds like Rocco has the right idea on that. Manny, I think that you, uh, if you continue down the current path, you're going to go right to Tibbs, so go right ahead. <laughs> well, that's, that's the funny that was, thing. That was that, ref, I, that, was that reference completely. breaks last hour that Come on. I was, before, before this news broke, that I was prepared to just go in on Tibbs and Cat for three hours today. Well. Because of last night. <laughs> you know but, what, though? There's, let's, let's come back, because... Yeah. There's some tie-in with what's happening with the Timberwolves and what happened last night where did I see that Car- I didn't watch the whole game but Carl Anthony Towns airballed a 3 and then At checked the the himself quarter, out of yeah. the game and just looked yeah. like he wanted nothing to do so there's some parallels between player coach connection and maybe player manager connection over here with the Twins and if you have thoughts on the Twins hiring Rocco Baldelli as their new manager 651-646-8255 877 615 1500. 
Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. For three, leaves it well short. It's time to get G in the game. And just when you say it, G gets up off the bench. Cat just has that look in his face like he doesn't want to play tonight. So, so be it. Man, so that happened last night. And as 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 Randball pointed out from the Star Tribune, Cat. In the only game in which Jimmy didn't play, Cat had 31 and was a monster. And in the other games in which Jimmy has played, he's averaging about 13 points or something, or 14 points. There's like a 15-point difference or more between uh, between those two. But to, to tie it in with what's happening with the Twins and Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano, and Carl Anthony Towns, it's, we could debate what percentage of it is on him versus the structure in which he's playing in and being coached in, right? But... Ultimately, as the coach or the manager, if you're Rocco Baldelli or if you're Tom Thibodeau, yes, you have the advantage of being able to ride great players. If Jimmy Butler is on your team, you get to ride Jimmy Butler, and you get to ride, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Rosario if you're if you're a manager of the Twins. Yep. But you're also tied to your young star players in a way that defines your your tenure or maybe your career. Very much. Yeah. And so for Rocco Baldelli, those guys are going to be Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano. And whether he can get anything out of those two. And then, by extension, Royce Lewis, who's going to be coming down the pipeline here before Rocco Baldelli's contract is up. Mm -hmm. And if you're Tom Thibodeau right now, you can deflect and you can, you know, you can lean on Jimmy all you want. But Carl Anthony Towns, the ink is dry. It's a five year max contract. And if you can't get through to him, sorry. So, I mean, that's, that's how Tibbs and Rocco Baldelli are. Are going to be or should be judged. And in a lot of games now, it seems like Cat uh, and Jimmy play. Cat is detached. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that your coach or manager has to be friends with his star players, but I do think that they're in 2018. And, and I keep going back to, to that because 20 years ago, this was completely different. Exactly. But in 2018, you don't have to be friends, but you have to have the trust and confidence. Zimmer is 60 what? 62? 62, 62, yeah. 62, all right. Of course My, Manny knows that. Mike Zimmer. <laughs> of course he does. I'm such a nerd. Which is why, month, no, what, it's great. Are you kidding? Wait, 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 wait. What month was Mike Zimmer born? Oh, I'm going to say September. No. Oh, I'll, 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 wait, for, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm going to say sometime in the spring or summer. I know it's kind of a kind of a cop-out guess, but well, I'm going to say May. <laughs> May? June. June 5th. Okay. Oh, you were close enough. <laughs> a week away. It's a week away. Close enough. A week away. It's awesome. Keep it coming, a Manny. It's great. A week away. But. <laughs> I know. It's great. Oh, but this, this, is a, this is a guy, this is a guy who, who could have easily, three years ago or so, lost his players. Mm-hmm. And he did something that ticked them off. And instead of being like, well, I'm your head coach. Forget you. He said, no, no, no. I did something wrong here. What did I do wrong? What can I learn? Which is where Tibbs seems to have a complete inability. He doesn't ever look at, at himself and say, I wonder if my style of coaching or handling players, especially star players, is archaic. And that's what I think you have to find people, because there's going to be nothing more important if there's one player 
with the Twins. There's going to be nothing more important than the fact that Rocco Baldelli has to reach Byron Buxton. That's mm-hmm. the most... If Snow works out, awesome. And if he doesn't, you know what? It's too bad. Yeah. But Buxton, to me, is the linchpin here. And, and if Rocco Baldelli can reach him, it's going to be huge. But at least after today's press conference, you have the feeling in watching him that there's a fighting chance to, to do that. And that's not a rip against Paul, but what, but what it is saying is this is not a guy who's going to step into that job and say, Byron, here's what you have to do, and it's, it's my way. It's a guy who's probably going to say, I've been through the same type of thing, and here's how I can help yeah. you. 651-646-8255. Rocco Baldelli. Uh, you know what? Wolves' vent line is always in play here, too, but we're mostly talking about Rocco Baldelli as the Twins' new manager. Ted and Andover. Hey, Ted. How's it going, guys? What's uh, going on, man? Just, just wanted to comment. I, I mean, it's hard to take anything away from a press conference, but I thought he, you know, he showed himself really well. He seemed thoughtful. He seemed articulate. He seemed like a, a great talker and a good guy. But I think that the biggest thing, um, and you guys touched on it with the Buxton thing, too, but... Um, Falvey mentioned at the at the outset that they were looking for a partner, and I know he said that he didn't intentionally say that, but it looks like or it sounded like Baldelli is very much in tune with this front office, and obviously it's their hire, and you know they brought him in, and maybe Molitor wasn't that, so it it stinks that you know we're two years into this process, but he brought up something when asked about analytics that yeah the numbers are great and. You know, using the numbers are great, but it's something you guys have been talking about with regards to Ryan Presley and the Astros. And he mentioned that the numbers don't mean anything unless you can get to know your players and teach them how to and get them to buy in on how to disseminate those numbers. And I think that's huge for a guy like Buxton. It's huge for, you know, that manager-player relationship really across the board. And that got me excited that he knows that. He's not going to come in here and this is how I'm going to do it. It's what can we do together to get this to work? Yes. Ted, that's a great point. Thank you for the phone call. And just to add to it, Byron Buxton has such a wide... Byron Buxton might have the widest range of possible career outcomes of any player in Major League Baseball because at the top end of his range is this rarefied MVP caliber player air, right? Would we all agree that if Byron Buxton performs at the peak level of his capabilities. Fastest guy in baseball. He's got 25 home run power when he connects. He hit 10 home runs in a month one time two years ago, right? But, I mean, there's an MVP inside of him. There's also a guy who's out of baseball in five years inside of him. Yep. There's a guy who can't hit a major league breaking ball or lay off of one inside of him. So, can you unlock Byron Buxton even to just be an everyday player who impacts your lineup in the seven hole and wins a couple more gold gloves, right? At this Mm -hmm. point, I think Twins fans would settle for that. Can you you just unlock him to the point where he's not sent home for September to sit on his couch? Can he hit 245 to 250? Right. Get on base a little bit. I mean, ideally it's 290, but what the hell? Yeah. Let's just shoot for that and playing on an everyday basis. Yep. There's no reason why, as a 24-year-old in his fourth, at least fourth partial year in the major leagues, why that dude hit 156 and had four hits, none of them extra. Well, uh, 14 hits, I guess. Only four extra. Like, there's no reason for that. And that's not all year. Paul's fault at all. But if this if this guy can step in and unlock that, th- then it's it's worth the move. So this is not to place blame. It is to say 
who can take a guy like that and take him from being what appears to be a fragile, frag, fragile psyche to being a guy who's got the confidence? And as I said, let's just shoot for two forty-five in two thousand nineteen. Yep, six five one six four six eight two five five. John in Bloomington, what's going on? Hey guys, I uh, decided to weigh in on the Twins managerial uh, selection. Um, not super excited about it, to be real honest with you. Right. I will give them, I'll give them a chance. But um, my feeling is this was a guy that they, uh, that the front office could manipulate, tell the manager exactly how they want to see uh, players play, pitchers pitched, you know, all that kind of stuff that this guy wasn't going to uh, question or push back, and it's basically going to be he's going to be playing stratomatic baseball with a major league roster. That's my sense. See, I totally disagree with that. I think I think if you if you listened, and I get some people are at work and they don't they didn't have a chance to dive into the press conference, and so we're going to keep sprinkling in clips. Yeah. But he's he literally spoke about the human element for thirty minutes today. Not and, and every time somebody would ask about analytics, like Joe Schmidt was the first one to ask about analytics from Channel 5. And he basically blew it off and said, I hate that word. I hate that word because it's just information and communicating with people. That's what it is. He's not going to be playing stratomatic baseball. That was That's John, absurd. right? Yeah. John sounds about my age. And I would urge John to do this. We Guys like us need to change how we think about these things because I know exactly what he's saying. Because we didn't used to hear sports executives hire coaches, managers, and talk about partnerships. That didn't used to be the thing. Like, Terry didn't hire a guy and say, this is a partnership. I think what we need to understand is is how these sports have evolved. And so partnership is not, it's not a bad thing. It's just the norm now that there are discussions and strategies and strategizing that takes place that didn't used to. Yeah. So it's not... Rocco Baldelli... Getting input from Derek and Thad is not some type of death knell weakness bad thing. It's how the sport has changed. And and listen, there's plenty of things about baseball in this day and age right now that I don't like. Pace of game, time of game, things like that. But if you can find a way that is going to make you a more successful franchise, and, and if that includes uh, walls being broken down that used to exist, that's not a terrible thing. And I don't think this is a situation where Rocco Baldelli is just going to be, you know, the puppet and, you know, the Derek and Thad are just going to be the puppet master and say, okay, Rocco, do this, do this. I mean, Rocco sounds like a pretty insightful guy. Like he gets it. it. He just sounds like somebody who gets it. And that it's, it might even be a situation where Derek and Thad don't even need to really tell him, hey, this is this is what your lineup is going to look like. Maybe Rocco is a guy that already has that idea. And look, he's coming from the race. I mean, he's he's sort of been in this sort of environment already on a team that has had success, a team that probably if they were playing in the American League Central probably would have made the playoffs. Yeah, they've won 90 games and like we're never in the playoff hunt all year. Right, because they're in the same <laughs> so division as the Yankees and the Red Sox. So this yeah. was a good team and you probably couldn't name 80% of the roster, but they won 90 games. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was a part of that. Let's go to AJ in St. Paul. You're on with Mackie and Judd. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, I'm a little concerned that they would hire again, not again, but somebody with really no experience. So now we've got Thad, Derek, a manager with no experience, plus the team still hasn't shown that it, that it really wants to spend a lot of money 
And the moves that Thad and Derek have made for pitchers have failed miserably. And the World Series right now is being played by two teams that are not afraid to spend money. I know we're never going to spend like they do, but you have to spend, and you have to spend wisely. I can't, I can't say Thad, uh, Derek, and um, Thad have have spent wisely since they've been in office. I've seen a lot of failures across the board, and so now we're getting another inexperienced person. So I, I'm 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 very very lukewarm on this move. So I'm a- not even convinced that these these two guys are the right guys. AJ, thank you for the call. Understand your angst. When we come back, I'm got, that was a perfect segue. Because before he called, I literally wrote down for this next segment, just like, oh, we got to get to this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about the twins to you guys, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong when we come back. That's probably not gonna make Twins fans happy, but it's the reality, and it's why they made this hire today. Mackie and Judd, Manny Hill, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder: this station does not endorse this on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 169 southbound, we've got a crash near Eden Prairie. That's between Anderson Lakes Parkway and Pioneer Trail. Uh, Figure an extra 15 minutes on your commute there. And also 36 eastbound, we've got a uh, crash in Roseville, that's between Lexington and Victoria. Factor in an extra nine minutes if you're in that area. Everybody we talked to about Rocco just was glowing about his ability to develop relationships, to respect people, to both lead and follow, which I think we learned to be, he, he's willing to talk and to listen. And I think that combination was extremely endearing to us. The things that stood out to me were, were his humility. He was one of the candidates who was most comfortable telling us what he didn't know and how he was going to go about trying to ferret out information by talking to to people who were very knowledgeable, and his wealth of relationships was exceptional. Thad Levine speaking about an hour and a half ago, and you'll be able to find that. If you if you want to hear the whole press conference back, just listen to the, the first hour of Mackie and Judd on demand. Just go find it. You can listen to the whole basically 30-minute press conference. Um, we are hoping to hear from Rocco Baldelli before the show is over. Trying to coordinate with his schedule. But for that last caller's AJ called in and was ripping the twins and the doesn't and I understand like the, the these two guys have Thad Levine and Derek Valley haven't done anything yet, really. They they in the in the minds of twins fans, they waved the white flag on a team that said, All right, bleep you, and then made the playoffs anyways. I mean, that's really the mark of their tenure at this point, which I think is unfair because they're building something here and the twins pitching system was completely broken. But the reason why they hire guys like Rocco Baldelli. And the reason why they're poaching from organizations that are forward-thinking and and in some cases more innovative than the rest of the league is because, and this is going to make some Twins fans upset, the Twins are much more like the Tampa Bay Rays who have a shoestring budget and you know have to piece things together with duct tape in that organization. They're much more like the Tampa Bay Rays than they are the New York Yankees or the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I get that there's a lot of fans in this town that still think, well, when they bought that new stadium or when we bought it for them, they promised this and this and this. And they have. They've doubled their payroll from where it was with the Metrodome. In terms of where they stand, ranked all 30 teams, they've been anywhere usually between 10th and 20th, mostly between 15th and 20th in payroll. And I, and I guess my challenge to Twins fans would be instead of banging your head against that 
that payroll wall and wishing and hoping that they would spend with the top five or six markets in baseball, that they spend $200 million like the Dodgers or they spend like the like the uh, Chicago teams, right? I think we should shift our attention to how can the Twins outsmart other organizations like Cleveland does, like Tampa Bay does, like the A's do. The A's just popped up and won 100 games almost this season because they're outsmarting other organizations. Like Houston does. Sure, absolutely. And Houston's a bigger market, and they do have you know they have revenue coming in too. Maybe the Twins don't have, um, but every owner is a billionaire. All right. So if there's no salary cap and you're a billionaire and you've got more revenue coming in, guess what? The Dodgers are going to spend more money. They got more money at the poker table. That's not the path to competing on a year in year out basis. The path is outsmarting. Outsmarting is the path. And also, if you look right now, the World Series is being played by two teams with managers who are in their first jobs. Yeah. So the whole thing, in fact, I went back and looked this up this morning. Last winter, there were six managerial positions filled, five of them by guys who had never done the job before. Aaron Aaron Boone, Mickey Calloway, Alex Cora, Gabe Kapler, Dave Martinez in Washington, the only recycle guy, Ron Gardenhire. Yeah. Well, Dave Dave Roberts... And, uh, and Alex Cora, yeah, those, first, those are guys' first, first time, time managers. Yeah. yeah. So this whole this whole thing about if, if you go, if I would be much more down on the Twins if they brought back a recycled guy because that that is the old school Buck Showalter, boring as hell. It's not going to work. This is, but this is the change in the sport that I'm talking about. This is in trying to find how to be as successful as possible in this sport as things shift and change. To go back to a well is actually not a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a mistake. And and you know what? These guys might fail miserably. I don't know. We don't know. But if you just go with, well, now it's all first year guys, I, I will I will implore you to go back to the year nineteen eighty six and keep in mind that Tom Kelly when, when he was named the interim manager of the twins after after they fired Ray Miller, Tom Kelly at that time was thirty six. Andy McPhail was also a kid and he was your GM. So this has been done before, and I would much I would much prefer to see a team go with youth and ideas as opposed to let's go back to the well, as you said, Buck Showalter. It was interesting too that the caller brought up uh, experience too as part of this whole thing, and of course he brought up both teams in the World Series and how they spend money and and all that thing. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the manager of the Boston Red Sox has never been a manager before. Yep. He's pretty good. Alex Cora is pretty good. He's a pretty good manager. Correct. And like and like Judd was saying, it doesn't. <clears throat> it, you almost don't want experience for you don't you don't want experience for the sake of experience because sometimes experience can mean habits or ways of thinking that aren't relevant as much in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. You know. All right, we got we we found a new IT director. He's got experience going back to the old Macintosh days. All right, well, okay, <laughs> that's great. Does he know how to use a smartphone? But he's great on the oh, Apple IIe. Yeah. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> he worked for IBM in the 70s. Okay, cool. He's got experience. That's nice. Um, Jeff in Texas. Jeff, you're up. Go ahead, man. <laughs> okay, guys. So if I get on a tangent and start doing 1,500 vent mining, then stop me. But Are you going to so rip, rip us or what? Well, yeah, the the whole organization, the whole Hubbard family, and everything. No, I don't. That that that's not the intent of my call. The just call don't swear, Jeff. Listening. Just just don't swear. I promise you, I will not okay. swear. So, 
listening to another national show. Oh, why'd I have to listen to another national show? Jeff, do you oh, have a, do you have a, Jeff? We're, oh, sorry. Jeff, okay. we have plans in the works. Let's move past <laughs> okay. it. We'll announce it when we, when we <laughs> get a chance to. Please announce it quick because I had to listen to some other show and the. I, sorry. Jeff, call back tomorrow, dude. Jeff, okay? My goodness. Jeff, call back tomorrow, man. What's wrong? I mean, since he brought it up, yes, we have a lot of national programming on 1500 ESPN right now. It won't be that way forever. We will have more to announce at some point in the future. Can we move on? I mean, we and did back a, to Rocco Baldelli. We did discussion. a quick podcast today. <laughs> Forgive me, Phil. I, I missed the part where you talked about like that being the long term plan. Like we're going to just have these shows yeah. long term. I, I well. Let's, I, I missed that part, apparently. Since we're on to 1500 ESPN Ventline here, My goodness. if you have a question or if you have a rant or a thought, my email is pmackey, P-M-A-C-K-E-Y, at 1500ESPN.com. Just email me, and we can hash it out. We don't have to waste the listener's time talking about this stuff on the radio, but Jeff, thank you for calling. If you guys have Rocco Baldelli thoughts, six, not trying to deflect, but 651-646-8255. Yep. Jeff was very upset. I what, thought he Steven, was going to go on a rant. Stephen A. wasn't speculating recklessly about the Twins managerial opening I today or what? thought we were going to get a Twins rant from Jeff, and <laughs> then we got something else. Hey, I, I heard Will Kane mention the Timberwolves one time this week, so that's good. Oh, I'm sure he did. Um, so... Anyways, yeah, I think my main takeaways from this press conference were he's very present. He's he. I, I love the fact that instead of coming in with a rah-rah message, his message was, hey, I'm going to be honest, I've never done this before, and I'm just going to pick up the phone and talk to some of these guys, and I'm going to listen, and then from there, we can start to make decisions about how to best proceed, how to, how to get better with Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano. I, I love his entire demeanor and the way he went about that press conference today. I just want him on a plane as soon as possible to go see Buxton. That's that's what I want. I want that relationship to be as solid as possible, as quick as possible. And then and then if, if he wants to go on a plane from there and go see Miguel, that's fine too. Tell Miguel to put the fork down. But that's all I got for Miguel. For Byron, I actually want some work here. Man, Miguel's been on his own for about a month now. We already I, had one when the mysterious twins, report come out. I got very nervous when when the twins said the twins went from we are going to check in on a, a weekly basis to we're going to check in on a weekly basis, sometimes via the phone. No, 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 no. Hey, Miguel, it's, it had to at least be Skype, right? You want? Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Hey, Miguel, how much? <laughs> step on that scale. Oh, it's, I'm down to three forty. Okay, thanks. Bye. But you can use Skype, and then you can you can use it just as a, an audio device. So you'd have to make sure that he he does the picture version. He just has a picture of himself at his skinniest in August. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He's going to have a picture. Just yeah, I'm really thin. I'm I'm doing great. Oh oh, we have breaking Patrick Ricey opinion news here. He'll be able to tell us this maybe in depth at. Uh, 5.30, but just to tease Patrick Rice's appearance with us at 5.30, before the press conference, he said, I just hope Rocco Baldelli is not one of those full of meaningless buzzwords and phrases <laughs> up to his eyebrows type of guy, and I'll have to start referring to him as Rocco Fleck. <laughs> but he retweeted his own tweet just now and said he wasn't. He I, wasn't. He so wasn't. Rocco wasn't blowing smoke. This is the just, lack of How can you he tell? He had a like, narrator. Colon, he wasn't. He was. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you, okay, how can we tell for sure? 
in a half hour. The poor guy. Let's give him. Let's give it more time. He would have used. He would have used at least one catchphrase. PJ Fleck dropped a million catchphrases in his first half hour. I don't feel like unless you guys can correct me. Like baseball people do that though. Do they? Catchphrases? Yeah, I, I mean, Levine, Falvey, and Levine have at times, I guess. But like, I wouldn't expect a, I wouldn't expect a guy who gets a managerial job to get up there and start with the catchphrases, the raw no. raw stuff. Football, Ca- catchphrases for sure. are football. Football is motivational. And think about Absolutely. this in football, just being super motivated and hyped up to move another human being out of the way. Like that's part of your job as a yep. lineman. And in baseball, the more hyped up and fired up you are, I'm guessing the less likely you are to lay off a slider low and away. So I think that's fair. Uh, we will have Pat on the show in about a half hour. Mackie and Judd, and we may even be joined by Rocco Baldelli at some point here in the next, well, before our show's over at 6 o'clock. Uh, World Series on 1500 ESPN until uh, until the games run out. It looks like it might be a short series. And also, programming note, you sat down with Lou Nanny for the weekly podcast today. Yes. Right? That's posted? Yes, yes. In fact, I ran my Alex Stalock should be the wild 3-on-3 OT goalie past Lou, and you can hear the response to that. Wow, okay. If you don't like me, you're going to love the response. Wow, okay. Let's just say I was, my ideas were not embraced. All right. But so I won't explain exactly how. You can find that if you, if you just subscribe to our Mackie and Judd podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or the 1500 ESPN mobile app or our website, 1500ESPN.com. You can find all of our on-demand stuff, including interviews like Judd and Lunani on a weekly basis. So, all right, let's come back, keep the Rocco Baldelli discussion going here and uh, more of your calls to 651-646-8255. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN.